Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi, Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi. Bags, I said this last week, and one of these days, I think our bosses might hear it. There's enough going on, man. We need two hours, or we need to do this show more than once a week. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Yeah, we used to host a podcast called An Hour You'll Never Get Back, and sometimes it feels like this show is right in line with that. Two hours you'll never get back. I think you're pushing it, man. Well, to be fair, an hour you'll never get back had no time limit. We we <laughs> promised at least an hour, and and many times we over delivered on that. That that we would we would we would bother you for more than an hour, and and we would hope you'd stick with us. I know you'll stick with us for the entire hour today because of our guests. We've got Dottie Pepper on today's show, who I'm proud to call a good friend uh, of ours, and she has a new book out called Letters to a Future Champion. We're going to talk with Dottie about uh, the new book and some of the things that are going on in the P- on the PGA Tour uh, lately. We have Joseph Girard III on, Syracuse guard. Glens Falls, great. Talk about the name, image, and likeness opportunities now mm-hmm. for college athletes, and he's in the prime of it because of the nickname and his ability on the basketball court. And we're nearing the all-star break in Major League Baseball. We'll talk about some of the things that have really stood out to us in the first half of the season. Let's get it going. You're watching Honorado and Bagnardi. This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought to you by Outfit House. All right, Bags, here we go. Letters to a future champion. Uh, and this is such a unique reading experience. And if you're watching us on News Channel 13's Facebook page, uh, all you have to do is like and share the post of this show. You'll be entered for a chance to win uh, a copy of Dottie's book. If you're watching on my four, you have until the end of the weekend, jump on the News Channel 13 Facebook page. Again, like and share the post uh, and you will be entered to win. We've got four copies Venture to win a chance uh, to win this book. All right, That's let's awesome. bring Dottie into the show here, Bags. Dottie, it's so good to see you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, I can't wait to talk about this book. As you know, we've read it. We read it on our honeymoon to Hawaii, uh, and it was a great companion for the travel because it is such a different type of book. Um, first of all, clue our audience into how this really kind of came about because I know maybe if not for the pandemic, we may not be able to hold this book in our hands today. That's true. First, I want to thank you guys for having me. Uh, and, you know, I was sitting with you guys in that tiny little studio a few years ago and <laughs> how you pivoted and grown and now it's on TV and it, it's it, way to go. I mean, that is, that is you know, a credit to both of you for just figuring out how to make it work and that you had, you had something that people wanted to watch and listen to. So good on you guys for first of all, and um, it, the book, uh, it was uh, a series of close to a hundred letters that my PGA professional had, had left me, written me through the course of our five or so years that we worked together when I was a teenager. He ultimately ended up passing when I was a junior at Furman. So that, that came to an end, but the letters lived on. And I said to David, my husband, all right, when I showed him, we, we had just recently been been married and I showed him this, the book that, you know, and he said, you know, you have a real book in there. And I said, yeah, sure. 
<laughs> Who has the time to do that? I'm, I'm, you know, at the time I was still working full time for NBC and I was you know, running around the country like crazy. Um, now, so I'm running around the country like crazy with CBS and, and the pandemic becomes very real. And as we all know, in, in New York state, we were shut down as hard as anybody with, with um, not many opportunities to, to do things. And I just decided that I was not going to go through this time, no matter how long it was, that I wasn't didn't look like we were going to be playing any golf on the PGA tour anytime soon, that I was going to do something positive and this was the time to do it. So uh, I all of a sudden had the time. And then, you know, all those, those lessons about <laughs> learning, really starting a business come, come roaring at you and trying to um, set a deadline to when you wanted to hit the market and, and, and all those things become the, the, the B side of, of the album, so to speak. But um, the A side was, it was quite a journey to go back through all those letters and then ultimately find letters that I had written him that were buried in files that I was uh, forbidden from reading because they were super technical golf swings. So after 35 years, I broke the rules and look what I found. <laughs> Just want to be clear to any new viewers when Chris says we read it on our honeymoon. He, of course, means himself and his and his now wife <laughs> ashley um right so for you dot yeah not not he and i on our honeymoon although no, I you, mean, you, mean, you mean that the, the more talented sportscaster in the family exactly yeah. right. there's no <laughs> doubt about that although if you wanted to take me to hawaii chris i mean I'd be in. but um so so dotty how hard is it to write a book and talk about the process that you had to go through from start to finish with this thing and some of the challenges that you maybe didn't expect saying, wow, th this is what it takes. Yeah. Uh, part of it was just finding a publisher because I, I didn't want this because it was such a personal journey, the personal subject. I didn't want it to get lost in a big publishing house and be all of a sudden put on their schedule with and lose the intimacy of editing it. And, and really owning the story because it is my story. It's Mr. Pulver's story. It's the story of mentorship of youth sports of, I mean, he's got, he's got, there's everything in there to even, um, you know, philosophy and sociology. So I didn't want to lose that. Not that I'm, you know, trying to hold on to it too tight, but I didn't want it to lose the personality of, of me and of him. So that you had to find a publisher that was going to talk you through that process. Or do we go, and self-publish this, which means you self-pay for this, which means you know you need a completely different business plan to to make this happen. And it happened to be that Mr. Pulver's middle child, Madeline, who was involved in the media business her entire life, had a friend who had just published with Mission Point Press, and it was about the 50-year anniversary of the Kent State shootings. And she said, I don't know the publisher, but I know my friend had a really good experience. Why don't you pick up the phone and talk to Doug Weaver? So I picked up the phone and I sold it as what it was. And he explained the, the business part of it to me. And he said, you know, normally I would pass this off to other people in the company and this would be their project. He said, but I want to do this. So it, it became pretty personal for him. So it was a, it was a pretty natural connection. I interviewed one other person that my husband had had a connection to. He had written a book with him on another project down at, at the Garden City Golf Club. And he said, you know, talk, talk to him, compare them. And it was just an instant, easy fit. Um, plus, Doug hadn't had a relationship with a domestic printer. So I didn't have to take it, especially we didn't know what supply chains were going to look like. China, Mexico, wherever you're going to print, we didn't know. 
So for him to have the ability to have this printed in the middle of America, in the middle of a pandemic was, was really a big kicker for me. So those, those are one of the things you learn. Where are you going to print? What's your supply chain going to look like? What's it going to be looking like if you have to turn it around, if you need a reprint, which thankfully we've had to do. And how do you pay for it? How do you, how do you get the money back? Because what's your ultimate goal? And my ultimate goal was to be able to get this book at a price point, including New York state tax or wherever you are out the door for under $20 in paperback and hundred weight paper paperback. So it's a top notch and it's not going to fall apart paperback. And we've been able to do that because of the support from the early, early believers in the leather bound product in the hardcover. And that was all paid for. So it's all, it, it happened. And it was because of seed money. This, this is really crazy seed money from a, Tuesday afternoon shootout on the LPGA in 1993 in Chicago. I took $5,000 and I just put it in, in an annuity in the bank. Never, never touched it. And when I got the first bill for the estimate of what it was going to cost to do this, it was almost exactly the pre-tax number of what that was worth 28 years later. So, and and that anecdote I know is is in the book here and again it's letters to a future champion it's about Dottie's relationship with her former coach uh, and and some of these letters that she really just kind of happened upon uh, in in a way and and turned it into this incredible book uh, you see it at the bottom of your screen dottiepepper.net is the easiest way to order this book in three different forms uh, we've got four copies that we're ready to hand out to our viewers over by the end of the weekend. So again, if you're watching us on Facebook on News Channel 13, all you have to do is like and share the post. If you're watching us on my four, you have until the end of the weekend to jump on the Facebook page to be entered for a chance to win. What I think is really cool here too, Dottie, is that, you know, look, Sean and I would just pocket the money, right? But you're giving 10% of the proceeds to Saratoga Warhorse, which I know is, is such a cause that's near and dear to your heart. Well, it is because it's free to veterans who come home with post-traumatic stress and they use off the track thoroughbreds, hello Saratoga, yeah. uh, for to help these veterans deal with what they're coming home with. And they've served us and now it's time to serve them. And it's been a wonderful relationship with the war horse. Um, and partly because some of the things that I discovered <laughs> I knew Mr. Pulver had fought in World War One, but I did not realize that there was this beautiful photo of all of the the kid kids, really kids, from Saratoga at the original train station as they were shipping out. We found that when we were turning up a lot of things from the family. So uh, it looks like they're going to involve him in their gala this in in awesome. August. Uh, so it, it really it, it's become much more than than just a book. And uh, what they do for veterans who come home, there is no cost at all to the program. And, and that includes travel. So they, they bring them here, they bring them, there's another site in the Mid-Atlantic and another in Aiken, South Carolina. And what they can do is just amazing. All right, Daddy, don't spoil anything because we want people to go out and buy the book, obviously. But what is one big takeaway somebody can expect to have if they do pick up this book and go through it cover to cover as we want them to? I think it's Mr. Pulver's um, totally positive, positive but realistic uh, lessons his his talking to me as as someone that like, he, he kind of knew where the the potholes would be and how to navigate them but above all it's it's a really a lesson in resilience and and how he knew that being a professional athlete was not going to be easy every time um, just just navigating 
you know, growing up and finding balance in life where, you know, you're all in on trying to get to the tour, get through a college experience, get a, be the first person in your family as I was to get a college degree. And knowing that it's not going to be easy, he gave me the tools to get, get through it. So I, I think there's, there's a letter of that. There's also a huge letter of, of family in there, the lessons of family, because I really did become the Pulver family's fourth child. And you think about their youngest child played little league baseball with my dad growing up in Saratoga and ended up being judge in Greene County and living in Catskill. Um, I became their fourth kid and, and Mr. Pulver, their, their kids were worried that when, when his, their mom died in 1981, that Mr. Pulver would be, he would be really just lacking for anything positive to do. He, he, he loved her. He, they were, you know, they, I, I described them in the book as Carly, Carl and Ellie Fredrickson from the movie Up because they were just like that. And I guess I became his medicine. They were really worried about him being depressed and me coming into his life was, it was, it was great for both of us. Go out and buy the book. DottiePepper.net is the easiest place to find it. And it really is just a compilation of these letters, this correspondence between a coach uh, and a, and a, I'll say teenager Dottie, but I know it, it started younger than that. Um, and it's such a great, there are lessons in here. If you read it, there are lessons in here uh, for youth coaches and and youth athletes, for that matter, about that relationship and the respect that uh, you know is, is given back and forth uh, between both. All right, let's take a quick time out here, Dottie. When we come back, you've mentioned your husband a couple times. He is a very well-accomplished author and historian. I want to know who's the better author in the house. And now that we have name and image likeness opportunities in the NCAA, while you were at Furman, what would have been your go-to opportunity for an endorsement? We'll do that next right here on Honorado and Bagnardi with Dottie Pepper. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face, sharing laughs, at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family, there's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool, Spa, Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Bags, we're talking with Dottie Pepper about her new book, Letters to a Future Champion. If you already have the book or if you are interested in buying it, here's your opportunity to meet Dottie and to get it signed as well. Uh, the Little Market at Five Points, which I love. It's a great spot in Saratoga Springs. And there's the book, Letters to a Future Champion. There's a book signing at the end of the month. You see it there, July 31st. Check that out. And more information on DottiePepper.net. All right, Dottie, so let's talk about who the better author might be in this household. David, obviously, is 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 a very well-accomplished author, like I said. Um, but who's who, who do you think at the end of the day will have sold more books? That's really the question. I think I'm going to finish second in that department. <laughs> His was well, number one, he's, he's, he's already published and with 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 smaller projects, niche projects within golf or for clubs or associations. But the book that he's working on right now is, if you think mine was personal, 
Um, his was about a 40-day trip around the country last year in the midst of the pandemic. He left on July or June 1 and literally went coast to coast. He needed to get back to work. Um, not super comfortable flying everywhere, not knowing, just didn't want to get stuck somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it was a personal journey. It was a professional journey. And he literally went from coast to coast in his car, not knowing what was going to find out there. I mean, the country was on fire with social unrest when he left. And right. you know, there were a couple of wiggles around trying to avoid places that were really agitated. Uh, so he ended up going all the way. I think he was, went as far south as uh, Atlanta and Birmingham, Alabama, all the way out to the West Coast and then back in 40 days and wrote every night about what he had experienced people he had seen where golf was and he knowing that a publisher had said to him you know you have a book here this isn't just yours so so he was writing and writing and writing and his email list grew to over 500 within those 40 days and then people were passing it on out that way so he doesn't even really know how many people it ultimately got to but this past so he's now on coming up on day 38 of a one year look back and that will be volume two. So it'll be a two book set. He's going to blow me away (laughs) in the house. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) So Chris mentioned this on the other side of the break there. Um, Opportunities now for college athletes to have some endorsement potential. Chris talked to a local guy, Joe Gerard III, now at Syracuse. We're going to hear from him a little bit later on the show. But, Dottie, what would have been your go-to endorsement opportunity when you were at Furman? Well, JG3 was way ahead of the ballgame because he has his logo. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. He was really smart. And, and knowing that the NIL was, was in, in play, good on him. Yeah. And that that New York was going to, I don't think, I don't know if it'll go national by federal law, but but we certainly have it in the state of New York. Um, I think I would have somehow befriended a car dealer in, in Greenville because I went to college. Well, I wasn't allowed to take my car the first year, but my car, when I got my Dodge Omni, it had a hundred thousand miles on it. <laughs> it was in pretty rough shape. So Sean, I, I think uh, that would have been just, just a lease program would have been really cool to be able to have. I would have probably had um, there was a pizzeria named Gino's in Ithaca that uh, that I spent a lot of money at and and maybe Natty Light would have been towards the top of that list. For Bags, what about sport? You? Who's endorsing you for anything? Come on, no, nothing. Voice and hair. Come on. <laughs> Here you but go. You know I, now I think back to think back to college. That's where I discovered Coors Light. So maybe that was it too. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dottie, I learned this about you, and I've learned a lot about you, but you still hold the record for low score at a major. Do you think about that ever? Well, yeah, when it, and it's still intact for the women's majors, but Jason yeah. Day, darn it, he busted it at whistling straights. It must have been 20, 2015. It was 2015. Busted it by a shot. What the heck was the PGA thinking of setting up that golf course so easy? Mm. What is that like, though, seriously, when you are in that kind of zone? I mean, we, we talk about all the time in other professional sports, you know, yeah. basketball, a guy is just locked in or whatever it is, where it's like you're just unstoppable. What does that feel like? And are you are you aware of it, I guess, as you're going through it? Or is it something that is just you're just sort of experiencing it and letting it happen? It was a little of both because I had you know, that's the first major of the LPGA schedule every year. So that it's a, it's an easy focus when you're coming out of winter prep and getting ready for, for that week in March, beginning of April. 
but I, I knew I was playing well. I knew I was, I had spent a lot of time in the gym over the winter and I had, I had really busted my butt to get ready for that, for that major. And it all really did fall together. But I will say I drove the ball really poorly that week. And you're like, yeah, right. That's not possible to shoot 19 on the par and drive the ball poorly. I really didn't, but I pitched the ball like I'd never pitched it before. I hold out a couple of times from the fairways and I had this, I had this, this, I had Rod Stewart in the back of my head the entire, entire week. I was singing hot legs all long. Isn't that not the weirdest thing? <laughs> it was stuck in the back of my head. And you know, why that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was a groupie, Rod Stewart. I mean, I, I followed him around from concert to concert when I was on tour and, and probably stayed up way too many late nights at concerts and wasn't ever even close to a tour event. But but it was in the back of my head the entire week. But yes, you're, you're in that zone and there's almost like nothing you can do to get in your own way. But so your job is to just don't get in your own way. Keep doing what you're doing. That was it. Okay. As we take the full shot, Dottie, I have a question. There is a trophy and there are many trophies in this room, but there's a trophy above the TV that almost looks like a genie lamp. What is that? The gold trophy there do you see it there it's got the handle that's that's the trophy that's the dyna from 19 no yes it is yep that's it and it's got my uh, player money clip i always when i when i won a tournament when I won a big tournament i always had a little something i would throw in the trophy and it has my player money clip my id badge uh from that week clipped down the front of it so that's it it was up uh, right directly above my head is kind of interesting too those are hickory shafted golf clubs forgings that Mr. Pulver made. So they have his uh, own stamp on them. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, you can see it above the door frame there. Awesome. Really, yeah, really cool. Uh, I've got a, a little better than a dozen of them in the in the office. It's probably an easy answer, right? It's, it's probably the majors, but maybe it's the LPGA player of the year. What is the accomplishment from your playing career that you are most proud of? I think it goes back to player of the year, year 92, but having a low scoring average for the whole year. So you, you to have that, you can't bail on around. You got, you got to be all in. You can't ever give up at any one point in the year to be even in the running for that, for that award. And to have set, you know, to have my name on that, that particular year end award, that, that's, that's pretty special because it's not just one tournament. It's not just one major. It's not even just, you know, a, a Solheim cup defense or anything like that. It takes an all-in year effort and every round every day to, to have that come to fruition. All right, Tony, I've got a couple of things here before we let you go. Uh, did you watch the match earlier in the week? Does that interest you at all when we put football players on a golf course? I didn't watch it this time, but I did watch it back when they played back in at the medalists when they were down there last, was it May, I guess? I did not watch it. I, would, I, will, I will tell you right now after doing – 10 straight. 11, 12. I've done 12 or 13 weeks on the road with the PGA Tour. I took Tuesday as my vacation day. Honest Dave here, I did not watch. Yeah, you Good, see, Dottie, basically, like you said, every <laughs> single weekend. Honestly, yeah. Now, I DVR'd it because I was just interested in the Aaron Rodgers drama. He didn't give us anything that... He didn't give me anything as a Packers fan that makes me feel confident he'll be back again uh, this season. Last thing before we let you go, and I know I've asked you this before, is this real? Is the Bryson DeChambeau Brooks Kepka um, uh, rivalry? Are we calling it a rivalry? Is yeah. is this real? 
I, I think it's very real. I, I don't think they particularly care for each other. But I will say that I think it's great for golf. And let's go back over not so long ago. Jack and Arnie weren't exactly buddy-buddy. Mm. And neither were Tiger and Phil. And, mm. and I think that that sort of, I wouldn't say it's animosity, but it just keeps things a little turned up. And you're always waiting for the pairing sheet to come out. <laughs> or to see, you know, if if somebody's going to make a bogey or a, a birdie late in the round on a on a Friday or a Saturday to make that pairing just happen organically, we're still waiting for it to happen since the little dust up at the PGA Championship, and I selfishly hope I'm on the ground to cover it. Yeah, no doubt about that, and and I think that's what we're all waiting. Right, I would rather see it um, just kind of organically happen as opposed to the PGA pair them like, hey, all of a sudden on Sunday. Here they are. They're the leaders in going into the final round. Yeah, I, I think the PGA Tour would lean away from that as, as members of the tour. I think you're more likely to see that from one of the other governing bodies, like the RNA, who makes their pairings. Maybe I think we've got a, we got lucky at the U.S. Open. It, maybe it was a little too raw for them to push that. But they've, they've done some funky pairings in the past, and, and you've seen things like that come out. So they they sort of um, work their way through a dozen or so pairings and then let, let the rest of them sort of fall. But I, I'm with you, Chris. I'd like to see it just happen that they get paired on a Saturday or Sunday because their scores are identical. Right. Yeah. yeah. Check out the book. It's Letters to a Future Champion. Uh, there's a restock right now. Get it while you can because the first flew out. Uh, DottiePepper.net, the best way. To do it, Northshire Bookstore, is that still a spot, Daddy, where people can find it in Saratoga? Go do that. And the book signing, again, is at the end of the month. Uh, five Points is a great spot in Saratoga, uh, not too far from Daddy. So that'll that'll be a fun experience to be able to get your book and also get it signed as well. Go read this book, everybody. It's it's a lot of fun and, and a great insight to the relationship that, that goes on between most coaches. Well, I won't say most coaches, but coaches and players and in the unique circumstances uh, it happened between you, Dottie, and I know uh, Mr. Pulver. Thank you for taking the time with us. Thanks for visiting both of you. Dottie Pepper, that was awesome, man. That was awesome. Uh, and again, we'll leave that scrolling at the bottom of the screen here, Bags, as, as we wrap things up in this segment so people can get that website. And again, the three options. If you're watching us now, we've got four copies uh, of the soft cover to give away to our viewers, which is really, really cool. Yeah, last week you said you're going to bring me a copy of the book uh, to work. You haven't done that yet, so I I'm did. very disappointed in you. But especially now after talking to Dottie, I am extra looking forward to, to opening that up. So bring well, it here's today, the you? here's the problem. This was personally inscribed, oh, so I'm okay. not I'm not giving you this copy. Right, you only I don't trust you with it. that. Okay, I understand. That's fair. <laughs> I wouldn't trust me either. Yeah. All right. When we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, we're nearing the end of the first half of the Major League Baseball season. The All-Star break is upon us. Uh, one big, big name will not be in Denver. And I'm not even a Mets fan, and I'm disappointed. You can see how upset Bags appears to be uh, about that. We'll also talk about the spider tack stuff here with Major League Baseball. Is it affecting pitchers? Are we making too much out of Garrett Cole's stats and maybe even what Jacob deGrom has done on the mound his last few times out? And a team that everybody hated bags a couple of years ago is still going strong. What does that say about maybe just how good this team, the Houston Astros, actually is? Hang on, you're watching Honor on Bagnardi. Back with that right after this. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on. 
for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcellus is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Jenner, and many more. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. Nutrition is 80% of a healthy lifestyle. With four locations in the 518, Bold has you covered. Delicious? I think that's a yes. It's never been easier or more affordable to eat healthy. Salads with 17 dressings to choose from. Acai bowls with unlimited toppings. Power grain bowls, oatmeals, smoothies, artisan toasts, and Belgium waffles. Live Bold seven days a week. At work, home, or on the go. Dine in, grab and go, pick up or delivery. Live Bold, eat Bold. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpen House. All right, back on Honorado Bagnardi. A couple of comments here, Bags, just off that Dottie Pepper segment, which was a lot of fun for us to do. Uh, and King, who one of the best in the business in terms of sports information, safe travels, as Dottie keeps us all in the loop. Yeah, she ping-pongs all over, I'll say the country, but it includes uh, the world at some points, too. And and Jeff Casey brought it up, Phil and Tiger. They were a great rivalry. It's it's good for the sport of golf. There's no doubt um, about that. All right, Bags, uh, the news that, that jumped out to me in the last 24 hours or so, and really the middle of the week, um, was that Jacob deGrom is not going to the All-Star game. As a Mets fan... How does this strike you? He says he's he's more concerned about the second half of the season, uh, staying healthy, and then you know wants to spend a little more time with the family as opposed to going to Colorado for three days. I'm okay with it. Um, a part of me obviously would would love to see him out there with the other all stars and and you know striking guys out and and getting some some attention for it. But look, as a Mets fan, what's more important? Jacob DeGrom, his health, the second half of the season. Um, I don't, I really don't care. Uh, if anything, you know, what would he have given us anyway? An inning or two? So it's like, eh, I don't need to see him go out there for an inning or two against the, the American League All-Stars. It's fine. I know what Jacob DeGrom is. I'd almost rather see other guys out there and we can just leave our superstar safe and healthy. Yeah, I don't have a problem with this either. It's it's unfortunately um, a little more common than I'm sure it was back in the day that guys decide, you know what, I've been to an all-star game. In DeGrom's case, I've been to a few. I don't really need to go. And especially in his case, like I've had my issues kind of feeling really good, not staying healthy, but feeling my absolute best in the first half of the season. Why do I want to go out there for an inning and try to blow the thing out and and try to strike three guys out and then be done with it? There's travel involved as well. Let me just chill for the few days that we get. I'm I'm with you, Shawnee. It's unfortunate because I love to see the best against the best. Um, like, wouldn't you love to see Degrom against Otani? That would be cool. Uh, we're not going to get to see that, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and that and that is obviously the the sad part of it. It's like you as as a fan too, when you have an event like that. That is encompassing for all of baseball. You want to feel like your team is involved in it and your yep. best player or best players are involved in it. So it's a little bit of like FOMO, I guess, 
if people still say that five years after they shouldn't have been saying it to begin with, uh, probably not. Um, but that is far less important than the ultimate goal that the Mets have and that Jacob deGrom has for this season. So yes, it shouldn't be a priority. How about John's comment here as a Mets fan? Pete Alonso back in the home run derby. Do you like that or do you hold your breath every time he swings for the fences? It doesn't bother me. I'm okay yeah. with it. Guy wants to do it and go out there and, and do it. Um, it. He's won it, right? He won it. So it's like, they don't feel like you have to go out there and and win it again. It's cool when you see it the, the first time, like your guy winning it. I don't care if he wins it again, really. You know what I mean? But um I guess he's more likely to get hurt swinging for the fences than Jacob deGrom is going out there throwing an inning. But I'm really not worried about that either. It's it's just BP, really. So it's it's fine. I'm okay with all of it. At least we get to see one of our stars during the weekend. I'm okay with it. It's not a big deal to me either way. Somehow this has turned into the Sean, are you worried segment. Does yeah. this concern you? At all. DeGrom's last three starts. Now, if you just showed me these numbers without the ERA increase, I would say, man, this guy is really good. Right. But when you consider the fact that he was so out of this world and now coming back to planet Earth a little bit, are you worried that maybe there's something to be concerned about that one, not maybe hitters are figuring him out or... He just isn't as dominant as he was the first couple of months of the season. What do you think? Well, this one is a little trickier because it it coincides with the timing with the sticky stuff, right? So it, yep, it adds it in that extra question of, was there something else that was giving him an advantage that now is not? That mm -hmm. being said, it's really hard. It's impossible, really, to maintain the pace that he was maintaining. And you knew at some point he was going to give up a run or two again. Yeah, last three starts have not been on par with the, the beginning of the season. But at the same time, you look at those games. You mentioned this the other day. It's like he gave, gives up a home run or a hit. Then he goes and retires the next double-digit guys in a row before there's another hit. You know, in the case of the last week or so, you know, the hits just happen to be a home run instead of a line drive single that you then get out of the inning and, and that's it. So there's there's nothing to worry about with Jake for sure. He's still the most dominant pitcher in baseball. You knew the numbers were going to come back a little bit more down to earth. So I think we're seeing a little bit of that. It's just about the question of this timing with the sticky stuff that's like, was there an extra advantage? There? I mean, you give a guy who's this dominant sticky stuff on top of it and what is he going to be? He's going to be a 0.5 ERA, right? So maybe there's something to be said for that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's more him just coming down to earth because the law of averages. DeGrom's ERA sits at 1.08 as we hit the all-star break. When Bob Gibson had the 1.12 ERA in 1968 bags, Gibson hit the all-star break with a 106. ERA. I mean, it is. this is going to be an interesting second half to see if Jacob deGrom can break the live ball era for lowest ERA uh, in a single season. I'll tell you a guy who's struggling without the sticky stuff, and it's Garrett Cole. And I don't know if this is physical, mental, or chemical, but there's something going on with Garrett Cole here that clearly is not right. And maybe it's just in his head at this point. But look at the starts in June and July. There were six of them. Look at the home runs, 10 yeah. home runs, Shawnee, 
in a little more than 34 innings. There's a basically a hit every single inning. Uh, Garrett Cole is still striking out batters, not to the same degree that he was. We don't have the double-digit strikeout games from Cole, but it is still better than one per inning. If I'm the Yankees, I'm a little worried here that the $300-plus million man really benefited from, I'll keep using spider tack, but other elements that allowed that spin rate to really go up in his time in Houston. Because when he was in Pittsburgh, he was a good pitcher. When he went right. to the Astros, he became elite. Like, we were talking about him, like, this stretch of Garrett Cole might be the greatest we've ever seen type stuff. Yeah, so Cole feels a little bit more obvious. Now we know he was using this stuff for sure. We don't right. we don't know that about DeGrom or some other guys who you know you're starting to question and now were they we know Cole was with the way everything played out, right? And he's he's really become sort of the the frontline man for this, the headliner of the spider tack and sticky yeah, stuff controversy, right? So yeah, it's it's definitely an issue with him not having it, but you brought up a good point is some of that mental. Is it now just having been in the spotlight with this for the, the, the whole, what feels like since it started right. And now is it more just him going out there without it? And now the, the, the crutch of not having that isn't in his head more than it is that physical advantage that he had. I don't know. I guess he's more likely to get over it. If it was a mental thing and he can find his way through it, as opposed to if it's just a physical thing and now he doesn't have the spin rate and he's just going to get touched up. But he's too good of a pitcher, right, throughout his whole career. Or you think this is just from from day one he was using it. So, so here's the thing. So DeGrom, right, he was... He went from very... Let's say he was using it. Went from very dominant to now just pretty dominant, Right. So for Cole, you're saying it's that big of a jump with him where he could be one of the best pitchers in the game to now just being sort of a mediocre pitcher. Was it that much of an advantage for him? Because, you know, the stats, what, basically are going to double if you're just not using the sticky stuff? I'm leaping to the assumption here that he wasn't using the same substances in Pittsburgh as he did in Houston. I think it's a reasonable assumption. Um, and if that's the case, and I showed you Pittsburgh Pirates Garrett Cole numbers, he's not getting a contract for $326 million, period. So he was still an all-star. He made one all-star team in Pittsburgh. He was still a good pitcher with the Pirates. But he was not an elite Cy Young candidate type of guy uh, who would strike out 12 to 14 batters every single game the way he did in mm -hmm. Houston in his first year in New York. So... Yeah, I, I, I'm concerned. I'm is concerned. This, is this the equivalent in terms of a skill or talent level jump that steroids would give to a hitter? In other words, if steroids took a hitter from a 6 to an 8, you know, a two-point jump on that, that scale of talent and ability and output with statistics, is it the same jump? For a pitcher, I mean, we talked about with steroids mostly being about helping guys recover from injuries and keeping them on the field more. But obviously, guys, and we know who they were who really bulked up, you know, those offensive numbers, the power numbers, the extra base hits all took that leap. So is it the same sort of advantage that we're seeing with pitchers with sticky stuff? In a way, yeah. I don't love the steroid comparison only because pitchers were using steroids too. This... This, the spider tack 
is is exclusive to pitchers, really. So I, I've been on the record as saying I wish Major League Baseball and the Players Association would figure out a combination of something, um, be it rosin and sunscreen. That's what we keep hearing. Like, let pitchers use that. Let's let's do something here that you know pitchers are comfortable with, and batters say, okay, that gives you control, but it doesn't increase your spin rate. Cool. You can start using some of that stuff. I, I would be good with that. All this Garrett Cole Houston Astros talk bags has me thinking about the current Houston Astros. And I haven't heard a ton of just like vitriol towards this franchise and team anymore in 2021. And I wish I would hear a little bit more about it. But look at what Houston is doing. They lead their division. They've got the second most number of all-stars in baseball. They're tops in batting average. Tops in RBI, tops in hits, and they strike out the fewest in Major League Baseball. Did we make too big of a deal out of the sign-stealing scandal for the Astros? Are these guys just really good? Uh, No, we did not make too big of a deal out of it because cheating is cheating. And if you do something to give you that extra competitive advantage, and you then, especially if you then win as a result... Um, no, you can't make too big of a deal of that in professional sports. The integrity of the game is the most important thing because as fans, we expect when we turn on the game, all things are going to be equal. We, we, we hope that the game will be officiated, will be called equally and consistently. But outside of that, that's sort of the human element. We want everything to be designed for fairness. Each team has the equal chance to go out there and win the game because without that, then you really have nothing. And the Astros, just because they may have been good enough to win without cheating, we cannot look at it and say, well, the cheating didn't matter. That is a very dangerous path to go down. So if anything, it tells you maybe they were just extra stupid for trying to pull it off, but it it doesn't take away from the fact that what they did was wrong, and you cannot overstate that. You just want integrity of the game. While we're on the baseball beat here, uh, this is exciting news, man. Charlie Hayes is going to be in the Capital Region at Indian Meadows Park in Glenville. It's part of the 2021 Junior Baseball Summer Slam Tournament, the Burn Hills Boston Lake 9U Summer Slam, July 24th. You have an opportunity to meet Charlie Hayes from 2 until 4 in the afternoon. Again, Indian Meadows Park in Glenville. Uh, my Charlie's Hayes moment is is that one right there. I'm sure it's similar to everybody else's. He caught the final out of the 1996 World Series. Still quite the painful memory for me. If I get the opportunity to meet Charlie Hayes, I will be sure, Bags, to let him know about the way he injured my childhood. Oh, I know you would. Uh, that's everybody's Charlie Hayes moment, man. Th- this Maybe it's just the timing of you know, for me being a kid and just starting to really get into sports, that's, I would know his name from being on that team. If you just said Charlie Hayes, but that is it for me. That is the Charlie Hayes moment. If you said his name, if you say his name forever now, the first and really only thing I'm going to think about is that catch. And I wonder, is that is that something where he is really just known more than anything for making a routine catch on, on a play that ended a World Series? Or is that just for me and maybe for us because you know the age we were and and what that kind of meant to us as we were, you know, really becoming sports fans? I don't know, but 
that's everybody's Charlie Hayes moment. That's the Charlie Hayes moment. Soon people are going to be like, Charlie Hayes. Oh, isn't he Brian Hayes' dad? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how yeah. he'll be known now because kid's a pretty good baseball player. All right, when we come back here, name, image, and likeness, three words you continue to hear in the NCAA uh, landscape. And Joseph Gerard III is a guy who's perfect to capitalize right now in his final two years, two years at Syracuse because of the nickname, because of his ability on the court. We're going to talk with JG3 next right here on Honorado Magnardi. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face, sharing laughs, at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV, bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Momentum was obviously building to this point. We didn't really know exactly when it would come, but obviously the Supreme Court's decision a couple of weeks ago, then the NCAA clearing the way as well for college athletes uh, to benefit off name, image, and likeness. You hear those three words over and over here. Uh, and now it's kind of the perfect setup for who's who's the most marketable guy from the capital region in college right now. It's Joseph Girard III. He's New York State's all-time leading scorer. Uh, he's a proficient three-point shooter. And it's right in his nickname, JG3. So it's all there, easily to be marketed. And we're so grateful to have Joseph on the show with us here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Joseph, man, first of all, it's, it's good to see you. Before we get into all this name, image, and likeness stuff. Tell me a little bit of it, just, just about how the summer's going, your workouts, and, and I understand just a brief amount of time at home. Yeah, summer's been really good. Thanks for having me, first and foremost. But the summer's been really good. And, uh, you know, like you said, we're, we're going to school online. Uh, we still got summer classes and all that stuff for the first session. And uh, we've started workouts. And uh, once a week, we do some team practice, little stuff. It's a big, uh, it's more like a big workout with the whole team. And you're allowed to do that once a week. So we do that. And uh, other than that, just really nothing. It's pretty much basketball school, and that's about it. Maybe some golf here and there during the day, whenever you got some free time. Uh, but other than that, you're doing the same thing every day, uh, which is good. We're all getting better, all having fun, and uh, working as a team, which is pretty good. We got a lot of new guys, so we're all getting active, and it's going to be really well. How's the golf game coming along? It's gotten a lot better since I started last year. So um, I'm getting better. I'm improving. I'm improving. I'm still not you know, the greatest, but I'm, I'm getting better. Who on the team gives you the biggest challenge or, like, who pushed you into playing golf? Honestly, it was just when I was home during quarantine, and uh, my mom's always been a big golfer. My dad used to be a big golfer, and uh, I always had these, like, startup set of, of clubs that literally have never been taken out of the box since I was probably 13. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> during quarantine, my friends brought it up, and I was like, might as well just go because there's nothing really else to do. And uh, we went, and I, you know, started playing or whatever, got addicted to it. 
and uh, got a new real set of clubs and just started going. But uh, when I'm at school, it's usually like, you know, me, Buddy, Jimmy, uh, Cole Swider plays a lot. Um, and then we actually play with our managers a lot. You know, they play a lot of the golf, so uh, we go play with those guys too. Cool. Um, all right, one more thing on basketball here. Uh, do you anticipate this season being a little more, and I'll just use the word normal, like can you compare what you guys went through last year which I can just imagine the challenge and then how much you probably are really looking forward to this season. Yeah. Everybody's really excited for it. Uh, we got a little taste of it back, uh, you know, at the end of the year in March right. with fans allowed to come to the tournament. Um, but other than that, we had no fans really. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot more normal, which is a lot better for us. You know, we weren't even able to go you know, see classmates. We weren't even able to go you know, see the, the coach's families. Like we usually do go have dinners at their house and stuff like that. So it was just, everything was different. And uh, we were really looking forward to coming back and having a normal season. And uh, it's just going to be better for everybody, the fans, the players, the coaches, and uh, the families of everyone. So we're all really looking forward to it, and it uh, should be a good career. All right, the big news, of course, the last couple of weeks is what the Supreme Court decided. Then the NCAA opens the way. And now we've got a bunch of college athletes doing what, what I think is great, honestly, being able to benefit a little bit off their personal name, image, and likeness. We're not talking about – paying players directly uh this is a way to market yourself and uh, and benefit off that a little bit what was just your reaction first of all when the supreme court decision came down because we all knew at some point this would happen we just didn't really know when exactly yeah i think that's the biggest thing we honestly i think it's been being talked about since last summer i was supposed to say i made the play and it just never did um but yeah, I mean, when I first heard about it, you know, it was great and everything. But at the time, we didn't really know much about it. We had a meeting, you know, a week prior to it being announced because with our uh, compliance, you know, officer or whatever at the school. And uh, that's when they first told us, like, everything that was going to be involved. And, you know, as a 19, 18, 20-year-old kid, you don't really know what much of it means. <laughs> so it's it's good that you guys – that we have those compliance people there. And uh, they taught us and walked us through a lot of it. So we were prepared. And uh, once it happened, we were really excited for it, obviously, being able to – you know, benefit off of our name. Um, but one thing that, you know, the coaches and the players, you know, we're talking about is to remain, uh, you know, focused on what the goal is, become a better basketball player, not get too, you know, caught up in it. But your nickname just is yeah. is perfect. I mean, I look, hey, you got Buddy Buckets, which helps, which yeah. is good too. But JG3, and I'm seeing the gear on the player's trunk, and go to theplayerstrunk.com, and you can yeah. find uh, Joseph's specific trunk, hoodies, yeah. tees. Um, did you know about the player's trunk ahead of time? How did this come together? Did you think this would be as fast moving as it was? Yeah, it's a funny story. The player's trunk just got made last year, and yep. it was for uh, former college athletes who wanted to sell their game-worn gear or their specialized gear that they got from their teams. But the people who made it is was my head manager my freshman year. Uh, so the manager of Syracuse was the guy who made it, him and his brother. His brother was a head manager at Michigan. And when they got done, they collab and made this this player's trunk. So, yeah, I've heard about it, and I heard about it for over a year now. I knew all about it because it was my friend uh, who actually runs it. So when we had the meeting for with compliance about a week before it was all getting uh, passed on July 1st, he had texted me and said something about him doing this and us, us working together. And I didn't know too much about it, obviously, whether he was going to do it or what we were going to do. But the day July 1st happened, he made all the stuff, you know, sent me and my dad the contracts. And uh, – you know, we read it over, talked about it, and then eventually signed it. That's when I announced it. But, yeah, I heard about a player's trunk, and I knew how well and how good of an opportunity it was uh, for me personally. Are we cool with the logo? 
<laughs> yeah, I like it right now. I don't know if I'm going to come out with another one, but as of right now, I like it. I mean, it's pretty simple, but it's pretty, you know, bold and good to see. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you, everywhere you go, if you see a black orange S, you know what it is. So if you see a black 83, you also know what it is right now. So I didn't mind it. I like it pretty, pretty good, pretty well. I like that, man. And yeah, speaking of the player's trunk has that licensing ability with Syracuse, yeah. which is really cool too. So you can put that logo on some of your stuff if you decide to. Um, yeah. The cameo thing is also really cool because, look, I, I, if you live in the Capital Region, the T-shirts and hoodies, I would imagine, are going to sell like crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. The cameo thing is really cool, though, too, because I know so many people around the country have used that. If you're in Syracuse, if you're in the 518, this is a perfect way for, what, you to send a message prior to maybe basketball season, football season, a happy birthday, a, a happy graduation. What do you kind of have in mind for that? Yeah, literally anything. Like you said, if someone wants, you know, a motivational or just a, a shout out for, for me to say happy, you know, birthday, good luck this season on whatever it is, whatever it may be, or congratulations on anything, or even just to talk, uh, you can send me a message on there. I know I've got a lot of people sending me messages asking for the link and stuff, so I'm trying to send that out to everybody as I can and see to resp and respond to them. So, uh, but yeah, you can really do anything. You can request anything on there and just ask me whatever you want me to do and I can do it for you. Yeah, it's easy. If you go to cameo.com, just search Joseph Gerard and it'll pop right up. Uh, it's it's really easy to use. It's a it's a really cool uh, invention, I'll say, that's been around for a little bit now. Uh, you mentioned a contract. Everybody's going to be curious about this. Do you have the ability to negotiate how the percentage of what you get from each T-shirt or hoodie? I know Cameo has its own deal, but specific to the player's trunk, how does that work? Uh, the players' trunk. Those guys have like their set thing that they do for everybody. Yeah. So like every every athlete has um the same thing for you know all the deals they do. So we just went with whatever they do and you know listen to them pretty much. Um, but other than that, yeah, you're allowed to get an agent. I have I have an agent, not just contractually, but anything that uh you know he does for me, like gets me uh you know a deal or something. Obviously, he's gonna get a cut of it. So there's a lot of negotiating stuff that you have to go and go through. And uh, it just depends on what it is. So um, the player strength specifically, though, they, they have a set in stone um, percentage for all their yeah. stuff. Okay. Are you going to, are we going to see you in like Tully's commercials? Uh, yeah, we're going to, there's going to be some, some commercials coming on soon. I don't know about Tully specifically. That'd be great. And, you know, I'm down to do that. I go there all the time. Um, and everybody, I, it's actually funny you say that. I've had a lot of people say, you're going to be in Tully's commercial. So uh, <laughs> we'll see about it. Is this overwhelming? Is it exciting? Give me a little a little bit of insight because you said like you're dealing with the compliance people at 19, 20 years old and college kids are kind of like, explain this to me. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Obviously, it's exciting that, you know, you're not that you're a professional, but you get to be in all these brand deals, have all these sponsorships, do all these kind of things and make money for it. And at the same time, it could be overwhelming. It's kind of like... Uh, like you said, it's like having a job because, you know, before I used to only check my email for school. Now I'm checking my email to see if I got to do a deal, if I got to sign something, I got to talk with somebody, meet with somebody, I got to do all that. So I got to check my email every day now. Not that I didn't before, of course, for school, but uh, I was just checking to see for school emails. But now it's everything. And uh, it's a lot like um, back in high school being recruited. You know, you got to talk to everybody and uh, your phone's always blowing up. So it's pretty cool. And at the same time, it, it can be overwhelming, but it, it's really cool, I'd say. And it's it's interesting to see all the stuff that goes on with it. 
That's a really good comparison back to when you were getting recruited at a high school. From a, a media perspective, I can't wait to get to the Carrier Dome this year where media, uh, media will be allowed back in. And like you said, fans and and I think we'll feel like it's a normal college basketball season. So stay healthy, Joe. I know you're headed back to campus soon. Best of luck, buddy. And, and we appreciate the time here. Thank you very much. Glad to see everybody. I hope to see you all in the Dome again. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, Bags, let's go in the little bit of time we have left here. Uh, we have a Stanley Cup champ, the Tampa Bay Lightning, back-to-back now. Mm-hmm. Um, they do it in 282 days. Two cups, 282 days. We'll never see something like that again. In the NBA Finals here, who do you like, Phoenix or Milwaukee? I'm going to say the Suns win in six games, and I know that means they will have to close it out on the road, but we've seen weird things this playoffs with with teams not defending home court, teams having success on the road. It's been just such a an interesting postseason. I think Phoenix is the better team, a little bit more of a complete team. At the end of the day, you can't trust your best player to make a free throw. I think that hurts Milwaukee. Um, glad that that Giannis got out there for game one. So at least now yep. we can say, look, both team, hopefully the rest of the way, both teams had their full complement of stars here heading into the finals because obviously health has been an issue this postseason for a lot of teams. Um, Phoenix just looks a little bit better to me, and I think Chris Paul is going to get one here. I'm on Phoenix too. I think it might only take five. Phoenix is – they're tough, man. I think they match up pretty well with – with Milwaukee as well. So I'll take, think about I'll Milwaukee take the though. Milwaukee, think about Brooklyn. They got killed in games one and two, still yeah. came back to win that series. They they are pretty well coached. They're going to make adjustments. They'll be better at home. That's the only reason I'm going to extend it to six games, but I wouldn't be shocked if Phoenix was able to close it out at home, certainly in game five. Good stuff on today's show. Uh, a week from now, we'll be into Saratoga season with horse racing up at the spa. The book, again, Letters to a Future Champion by our good friend Dottie Pepper. Check it out, dottiepepper.net. All right, Bags, I'll see you next week, buddy. Thanks for watching, everyone. You've been watching Honorado and Bagnardi right here on News Channel 13's Facebook page and on my four.